That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose podcast, The Bauer and Rose Show, Sirius XM, The Patriot Channel. 125 and justthenews.com 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 gary we have um uh and i'm blaming you entirely for this we haven't even mentioned our host in the last three programs i've been encouraging gary to remember that we're hosted by justthenews.com but for some reason he hasn't done it well if i have to do that too what do you get paid for <laughs> Here, that's a, just the news is seriously just the news is just doing a incredibly good job i mean uh that they, they break stories oh, yeah. that uh nobody else seems to be able to get um it it's a it's amazing you know when you get an entrepreneurial spirit and somebody that actually follows the rules of journalism you can end up with some Pretty good breakthroughs. I'm going to start the show today. I'm I'm wondering whether, you know, Ken Buck and other Republicans might have a point. Do, Gary, do you really think we have enough evidence to begin an impeachment proceeding? Because um, all I've got here, uh, the only evidence, the only evidence that that um, uh, you know, I can come up with through these 170 suspicious activity reports, the 20 shell companies, the $30 million from foreign sources dispatched to nine Biden family members, uh, affidavits from sworn witnesses, emails, texts, videos of Joe bragging about bribing the Ukrainian government to fire the prosecutor investigating Hunter's corruption with Burisma, these FD-1023 whistleblowers reports, Biden's appearance on phone calls with Hunter's business partners, his dinners with Hunter's business partners, photos with his business partners. Is there really enough to go on here? Because lots of Republicans, Gary, don't seem to think so. Well, I thought there was enough to go on, Tom, but then I uh, got my Washington Post at the end of the driveway today because I have to do that since part of my job is to monitor the neo-Marxists and what they're planning next for America. And right there on the front page of the Washington Post was, you know, a sort of a glowing wet kiss article for uh, uh, Mitt Romney, who announced he's leaving the fray. Uh, and in that article, Mitt is quoted as saying, I just don't see what there is here that would suggest that the Don, that the Joe Biden has done anything that deserves to, to be to, for him to be impeached for. I you know, what, Tom, we, we talk about this all the time. Um, if there are people in the Democrat Party that are not all in with the left wing a massive shift of that party from the time of JFK to where it is now. You seldom hear from them. You seldom hear from them. They they just they just keep quiet. They go along. If they want to get anywhere in the party, they're going to have to be neo-Marxists themselves. But in our party, we got these people coming out the you know what. 
I mean, every time you turn around, there's somebody, some prominent figure in the Republican Party who thinks that what's really missing in America today is there just aren't enough people out there in the media and on the left and in the popular culture and in the universities and in Hollywood uh, kicking the crap out of conservatives and Christians and Republicans. So they need to jump in and good old Mitt Romney, you know, true to his family heritage, his father, George, refused to endorse or campaign for Barry Goldwater all the way back in 1964 because Barry Goldwater was not good enough on civil rights. Uh, and Romney continues to follow in dad's uh, footsteps uh, as he builds a whole career uh, trying to undermine the party that he made his political home in. It's not just Mitt Romney. We've got several House Republicans. The Wall Street Journal and the National Review are both opposed to this, imbi- to this Biden impeachment uh, inquiry because they claim it diminishes the power of impeachment and reduces impeachment to nothing but a mere moral censure. So in other words, only Democrats can, impe- can impeach Republican presidents and they they don't say this overtly, but there is now a a sub rosa moral equivalence between impeaching Donald Trump for asking about Biden corruption and impeaching Biden for his Biden corruption. That's the standard. The same Mitt Romney who says there's no evidence. And there are reams and reams of evidence of all kind, in all shapes, in all sizes against Joe Biden. This is the guy who voted to impeach Donald Trump for quote unquote insurrectionist activities on January 6th in his second impeachment. The 91 charges in the four federal, the three federal and one state indictment. There are none of the 91 mention incitement or uh, uh, insurrectionist activities. And this is the same Mitt Romney who now argues that $30 million transferred from foreign sources to 20 shell companies operated through fake emails uh, manned by Joe Biden, affidavits from these sworn witnesses, emails, texts, a video of Joe Biden bribing, bragging about his success in bribing the Ukrainian government to fire Viktor Shokin, the prosecutor that was investigating corruption at Burisma, which was Hunter Biden's sugar daddy, uh, uh, Devin Archer's testimony, sworn testimony before Congress, that Joe Biden had appeared with Hunter and Devin alone more than 25 times on phone calls with business partners, Hunter's business partners. God knows how many phone calls he appeared participated in with the hunter that Devin Archer was not a part of. And now the Wall Street Journal and the National Review both say we're diminishing the power of impeachment and and we're reducing it to, to use the Wall Street Journal's term yesterday, a mere moral censure. It's just, it's unbelievable what we do to ourselves. Yeah, Tom, I mean, I I think part of the thing here is uh, we need to redefine ourselves because are these folks really us? 
Um, you, you know, I, I look at National Review. Na- National Review in, in recent months, first of all, uh, ran, uh, I don't know if it was editorials or guest editorials or whatever, but they, they ran attacks on the song uh, that came out uh, t- called Try That, uh, Don't Try That, or Try That in a Small Town. Uh, it basically means you better not try that in a small town. That being rioting, uh, you know, rape, pillaging, etc. Uh, the, the Nash Review's response to that was, the last thing we need in America right now is somebody making a song that suggests that violence is ever the right answer. Okay. So then uh, the song comes out, um, uh, Rich Men North of Richmond. National Review goes after that song with the theme of, you know, blue-collar America needs to stop whining about the lack of opportunity and get off their duff and go move someplace where there are jobs. If you can't get a job now, you don't deserve it. So you wonder why we can't get uh, an election victory, no matter what the left does to the country, because... Tom, at the end of the day, for millions of Americans, we are still the party of the wealthy. We are the party of the wealthy business people, globalists, the wealthy uh, editorial writers, the wealthy publishers of magazines in Manhattan, you name it. That's us. And we, we're out to prove it every day. Um, I, you know, this whole thing about, you know, to, to literally with a straight face to be the Wall Street Journal and, and write editorials saying this cheapens the impeachment power. What, what are you talking about? The impeachment power was cheapened during the last four years and every previous Republican president. Who was being threatened with impeachment? It, it, Tom, it's you. You have to wonder whether they really want to win, and unless it's only to win with the kind of Republican they like, which is the kind of Republican that loses to the Democrats gracefully, right? That's the definition of a good Republican, not only to the media, not only to the Democrats. That's the definition of a Republican to a good bit of the Republican establishment. Here's what I hope happens in this impeachment inquiry, and I haven't heard any discussion of it, and it, 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 it troubles me a, a great deal, is expanding the scope of the inquiry beyond the corruption of the Biden family and into, and you might disagree with this, the far more dangerous element here of the Justice Department and the FBI and the intelligence agencies covering up the corruption, covering up uh, anything that besmirches or, uh, in their view, smears uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats, while at the same time massively increasing oppressive measures against conservatives, against January 6th protesters. The... the, the uh, corruption of our 
legal system, the corruption of our justice system, our law enforcement agencies that are part and parcel of the of the Biden family corruption, I think is far. And the Biden corruption, by the way, I don't think we've seen anything like this in, I would say, recent American history, but I'd stretch that back even further. Most historians would would argue that the Teapot Dome scandal under President Warren Harding was was a, a corruption scandal that uh, would have brought down that administration had President uh, Harding uh, not died um, while engaged in activities that today uh, would win you a Democratic Senate seat in the state of Virginia. Um, uh, but that was nothing compared to this because Harding. Uh, was never accused of of uh, taking any money or being involved in any of the scandals. He was accused, I think correctly, of presiding over an administration that uh, was enriching itself in a situation, in a time when the federal government was the fraction of the size it is today without any of the power or influence that it has today. And I think the corruption of our judicial system is such a severe threat to this country that it has to be part somehow in some way of this impeachment inquiry. Because Joe Biden, if Joe Biden comes or goes, uh, that'll be almost irrelevant if we're unable to untangle the the corrupt mess, the corrupt uh, rat's nest of 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 favoritism and political oppression that we see, which is used to be the greatest justice system in the world, our law enforcement agencies, the FBI, the Department of Justice. No, I I don't disagree with you, Tom. I look, I don't even. Um I, I'm more, I am mortified when I when I see the president on the world stage. Uh, sometimes I actually feel sad that this is allowed to continue. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think he has any idea of how he's losing whatever dignity he had. He he's obviously not up to the job anymore. But look, everybody can see that, and and I think every second we waste talking about his age and he's too old for another four years and so forth it is a minute that we lose talking about how his policies uh, are destroying the country. I mean, I'm not worried about the fact that he falls asleep. I'm worried about what he's doing when he's awake. And I, I think, you know, we, we keep citing these polls. They do it all the time on Fox that show that, you know, the overwhelming majority of the American people think he's too old for a second term. But then you ask those same voters who they will vote for between Donald, between Joe Biden and any possible Republican nominee. You just go down the list, every one of them. And what you end up with are races too close to call in every case. Toss up races. Races, in other words, that can be stolen because they'll be so close. So you've got this this fact that's hard to look in the in in the eyes in the face of it. Uh, we don't want to look it in the face, but we have to. Which is, even when millions of people think he is too old to be president for four more years, they don't want. Any Republican that can be named to them to be president either. In fact, those same people, many of them, will vote for the guy they think is too old rather than take any chance 
that a Republican, whether it's uh, you know Trump or Pence or DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Tim Scott, Chris Christie, you name it, every matchup shows the race within one point or two points in either direction. Well, heck, I mean, the Democrat Party could could steal one or two points uh, all the way back into the you know the the 1950s. I mean, ask Richard Nixon, who spent the last day of his campaign uh, campaigning in Illinois, that, you know, shaking so many hands that when when he sat in his hotel room that night, uh, he his hand was packed in ice. It was twice its normal size. His staff had convinced him that he had a chance to to win Illinois. And and then the returns are coming in, just like they do now, right? But there was this weird thing, Tom. The returns were coming in from every place but Chicago. So every county in Illinois was reporting their results. And Richard Nixon was just beating the heck out of JFK. Uh, well, but then everybody's going, well, where, where are the votes for Chicago? Oh, Technical difficulties. Uh, you know, it's a big city. So it takes us longer to count until every vote in Illinois was in. And, and I think Nixon, whatever it was, Nixon was ahead by 150,000 votes. I'm just making that up. Whatever it was, it was a pretty hefty group of, of votes. And then, and then the announcer on TV says, uh, wait a minute. I'm just hearing now, John, uh, the, re- the reports are going to come in, in from Chicago. Tom, they came in. Not not a precinct at a time, not a ward at a time. All of a sudden, boom, the entire vote from Chicago was put up on the screen. And Richard Nixon's lead completely evaporated. In fact, there was something like 10,000 more votes than needed to be in Chicago to ensure that that Richard Nixon would lose the state, just like he lost Texas, which there was also widespread cheating in. John F. Kennedy later cheated or later joked with his father about how close the two states were, dad. And his father said, well, why should I pay for more votes than I needed? <laughs> I ain't paying for a landslide, the famous infamous, right. shall I say, Joseph P. Kennedy. Well, a couple of weeks ago, the Babylon Bee had a great headline, a very funny headline. The Democrats say it's going to take a lot more than eyewitnesses and bank records and audio and video uh, confessions for them to think that Biden did anything wrong, when in fact um, that now uh, could be said of, of, of too many Republicans, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the same kind of a situation that, that we've been in. And as Democrats scramble to find their replacement for retiring Mitt Romney, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just don't, Ken Buck, I, I can't really explain Ken Buck. I don't know him. I've met him, actually. I, I've got the explanation, Tom. Go I ahead. just found out today from our lead researcher, Carol Bauer. <laughs> okay. Ken Buck used to work for the Cheneys. That's the explanation. He is loyal to the Cheney family. And there you go. He ran as this big libertarian Tea Party guy, but at the end of the day, he was part of the Cheney wing of the party. And I get Liz, but 
Dick and Lynn are uh, Bidenites? I mean, they they would be. I I, I guess so. I I don't I, I don't really have an explanation, but um, I I will throw this out there. Um, if anyone wants to send me or Gary twenty million dollars from shell companies, neither of us, both of us, promise not to receive any of it. You can you can send it to our shell companies, and we promise we won't take any of it. That's basically Joe Biden's explanation. And the notion, Mark Levin makes this point over and over and over again for impeachment purposes. Joe Biden need not have accepted a dollar in any of these payments that were made for the benefit of his family, which of course is the definition of, of, uh, of corruption and bribery, to be a co-conspirator in a FARA violation, a uh, Foreign Agent Registration Act violation, which if Hunter is not guilty of, the law is not worth the paper it's printed on, because that's how he made his money, as a foreign agent representing his father for the benefit of the family. And I heard Jonathan Turley the other night on, on your favorite cable channel. By the way, can, can I throw an aside? In? Yesterday morning on your favorite morning show, uh, the anchor, whatever his name is, Steve Doofus, again, talking about no evidence. We've yet to be able to pin it on Joe Biden. There's stuff floating Wait, around. Are you talk- oh, you're talking about. Oh, right. You're talking about that that morning show on Fox. Yeah. I thought you were referring to CNBC, to, uh, no. Scarborough or one of no, the no, other. Yeah. Actually, look, um, it's it's getting harder and harder to differentiate them. It. It is. You're you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, you know they got that great feature over at Fox uh, that that uh, uh, their their news hosts in the evening uh, uh, it has been promoting. They they do this segment where they get a Republican and Democrat uh, who uh, are are working together in a bipartisan way. And and of course, why would you bring that up? Why would you be talking? Well, because that's what we all want, right? That's what everybody's dreaming of: bipartisanship. Well, nine times out of ten, Tom, the bipartisanship will be a Republican and a Democrat that both, uh, dare I say it, both support sending even billions more to Ukraine. Or it will be a Republican and Democrat agreeing on some obscure thing that nobody's ever heard about. On everything that matters in America, the size of government, whether taxes are too high or too low, whether we should get into wars to only if we, we have a national security reason and intend to win them, or whether we should be the policemen of the world, whether what's in the womb is a baby or just a hunk of flesh, whether children uh, are owned or are directed by their parents or by the government through government paid teachers. You just, the list goes on and on and on. The two sides will never agree. Only one side's going to win. And you get the feeling that people, large numbers of people, powerful people on our side are totally comfortable with us ultimately losing. 
they just don't take any of these things seriously enough. What bothers them is not losing the country. What bothers them is that people keep yelling at each other. <laughs> there was a an AP story following Kevin McCarthy's announcement that uh, he's going to uh, convene an impeachment inquiry into the allegations against Joe Biden. This is the AP, which runs in, I mean, I'm in the newspaper business. It runs in almost every non-major uh, paper in the country. There are six or seven papers that have their full editorial staffs and don't really rely upon wire services. Of the 2,100 daily newspapers, or I think it, it might now be less than 2,100 daily newspapers that are printed in the country, the overwhelming majority take the Associated Press this is the lead of the AP story yesterday after Kevin McCarthy's announcement. Since gaining the House majority, House Republicans have aggressively investigated Biden and his son, claiming without evidence that they engaged in an influence peddling scheme. Of course, the two words there, without evidence, that's meant to imply that the investigation itself is political and designed to smear Biden, that it's, it's wholly unjustified. Now, what kind of people, David Harsani writes in The Federalist today, make accusations without evidence? Disreputable people, <laughs> rotten people, right? Republicans, conservatives. Right. I, I mean, this thing, this ran in over 2,000 daily newspapers 10 years ago, as recently as 10 years ago, certainly not to mention 20 years ago, that would have been absolutely, utterly verboten. I went to journalism school. I was a reporter for a long time before I got onto the management side of the business. You never say without evidence when there's an accusation and there is evidence. The evidence might fall apart. It might prove to... Uh, be too shallow to uh, convince a jury, but to argue that that there's no evidence uh, is to impute that the charges themselves are baseless and the impetus of the ire should be directed not at that person that's being accused or investigated, but at those who are doing the investigating. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I watch, I think it was Congressman Getz from Florida uh, on yeah, CNN. what was his yeah. deal? I don't, what's he opposed? What's his problem on this? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he has a problem. I think he's one of the guys pushing it. No, no, no. He, he was, yesterday was saying how this is a it, it. This this gives McCarthy a pass. This is a this is a diversionary effort to steer McCarthy away from dealing with budget issues. Well, the, but that's a separate point, Tom. He he he's not saying he doesn't think. We should try to impeach Biden. He's just saying, in addition to that, he believes McCarthy's heart's not in it. He's just doing it in order to keep conservatives calm uh, while he gets ready to cave on the budget. So okay. it, it, these are not contradictory things. But he was on CNN making the case for uh, why there's plenty of evidence. And the CNN interviewer just would not let him make that statement. No, that is not true. 
There is no evidence. I mean, and he goes, well, there is evidence, this and this. She goes, that's not evidence. It just isn't. I want to move on to something else. And then he would say, no, I'm not going to let you move on to something else. There is evidence and we need to go dig into. No, there was. I mean, it just went on and on and on. If only we had people on the conservative network that is supposed to that are supposed to be news people like this woman on CNN was supposed to be a news person willing to go after Democrats as viciously as all these other stations go after us. But we seem to have a whole bunch of people over at Fox that just like some of these senators like Romney, they get up in the morning and their first thought is, how can I prove I'm not like those other people? It's the whole thing is 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 breathtaking. And I just want to revert back to the point I made earlier. I hope that this inquiry expands beyond the simple issue of Joe Biden and his family's corrupt practices, which are notorious. They're infamous. It's a, a desecration of the office. I just hope it doesn't stop with him. I hope it plows deeply into corruption at the DOJ, into corruption at the FBI. They've been hiding evidence against Biden. They also have got to be impeached. They've also got to be removed. I think, and I I appreciate your clarification, I was stunned by when I had read uh, Congressman Gates's comments, who I like, um, I thought <laughs> I thought he was against impeachment, and I I went to bed last night, scratching my head, wondering how on earth that's possible. Um, I, I just think it yeah. has. I just think it has to go beyond Joe Biden. It's it got to include the corruption at the DOJ and the FBI um, for. Uh, withholding evidence, stonewalling Congress, lying to Congress. They're part of this. Yeah, Tom, and they and they get away with it. Uh, I mean, they uh, I, I just <laughs> the, the Trump administration would never be able to get away if we controlled these departments and and and, the, and these departments were doing what we were telling them to do. Uh, there would be such an uproar. The left would be able to get critical mass. Every Democrat, every liberal, every leftist, no matter what part of the party they were in, they'd all be united. They would make such an uproar that the average American who doesn't pay much attention, except as we're told over and over again, when you get after Labor Day in an election year and they would all hear the uproar and go, wow. This must be really serious. That's what the impeachment efforts did to Trump. It made people think that there was something really, 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 really wrong with him. And and they were right to not like him, even if his policies were helping the country and helping them personally, because there's just something terribly wrong here. I mean, they're they're impeaching him again. We we don't think like that are. The few media outlets that we have on our side discourage us from thinking like that. Uh, we desperately want to crawl our way, claw our way back to the 1950s where uh, all you had to do is say, I like Ike. And that was enough to win a political argument. And uh, 
no ideology, you know, and, 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 you know, Tom, I, one of the things as I've told you over and over again, I've told our vast listening audience, one of the things that really drives me crazy is they take Ronald Reagan and they go, you know what, we just need to be nominating people like Ronald Reagan. Well, folks, when we nominated people like Ronald Reagan, yes, he won because it was a different America. But they still tried to make him into a monster, including Republicans cooperated in that effort. When Ronald Reagan looked like he was on the way to the nomination, Republicans started holding press conferences. Former Republican National Committee chairman toured around the country doing a moving press conference saying that if Ronald Reagan ever is the nominee of the Republican Party and wins the presidency, he will get us in a nuclear war. The Republican establishment tried to uh, put Gerald Ford in with Ronald Reagan as a co-president. They were so convinced Ronald Reagan would pursue a foreign policy that they, the Republican establishment, would not want. So it goes on and on and on and on. We, you know, and, and I, you know, it's a, it's not just an uneven playing field. I mean, when we get the ball, we've got 99 yards to go every time. When the left gets the ball, they got 10 yards to go for a touchdown. And they have unlimited downs. Right. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I hearken I, I, I back to the first Trump impeachment. I was actually stunned. I was uh, uh, never subpoenaed or called to testify. I was uh, I was in the middle of that. I was on the trip, as you know, uh, with uh, Vice President Pence and several of our ambassadors uh, to Warsaw for uh, a, sum, a summit on combating Iran that included the newly elected President Zelensky and the allegations, the charges, these heinous, outrageous uh, accusations against President Trump that how dare he, he was actually trying to, to uh, 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 prevent um, this, these corruption allegations against uh, Joe Biden from being buried, wanted to get to the bottom of the fact as to why uh, the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, the state prosecutor, Ukrainian uh, state prosecutor, was fired as a result of Joe Biden pressure and bribery and extortion to withhold a billion dollars unless he was fired. Why would an American vice president be so concerned and so involved in the firing or dispensation of a Ukrainian state prosecutor when it turned out that he was investigating the company that employed his son on a consulting contract for $83,000 a month. He was impeached for asking why that happened. He was impeached falsely, because I was in a lot of those meetings, for threatening to withhold aid to Ukraine, which did not happen. That is flat-out falsehood. It did not happen. So now we have, and it's endorsed by the Wall Street Journal, endorsed by National Review, endorsed by uh, Mr. Happy Talk at the mornings in on uh, Fox News, that they're both now opposed to Biden impeachment uh, because they say it sullies the process. Um, as though, without any hint of irony or duplicity 
recognizing that what they're playing into is this this unbelievable moral equivalence that impeaching Trump for asking about Biden corruption was a higher crime and a greater misdemeanor than impeaching Biden for his corruption. Well, Tom, we we just don't seem to be very uh, good at politics, do we? You know, that that call that Trump uh, made uh, to Ukraine, he I I don't know how many people have have thought this through. When the president's on the phone with a foreign leader, uh, he's it's just not him and the foreign leader. And the, and the foreign leaders know this. They they probably, I'm sure, have, they have their, their own, own right. On I mean, the I, phone, I right? was I was on many of these. I don't mean to interject, but I was I was present at, with with many of these calls. I wasn't present actually on that one because we were in Poland, uh, actually meeting with Zelensky at the time. But the National Security Council has a staffer or two. One of the intelligence agencies has a staffer or two. State Department certainly does. The White House does. Folks uh, manning the phones from the White House Communications Agency are monitoring the call. There are uh, White House aides monitoring the call situation people. I think on the Ukraine call on our end, Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't there 21 or 22 people on that call? I mean, they're all muted. Yeah. They're all muted. And I would imagine, I don't know this, but on the Ukrainian side, maybe there weren't 21, but I bet there were 10. In other words, there were 30, 35 people who were party to that call. Right. So, uh, you know, you can call Donald Trump and people do all kinds of things. He's not dumb. Donald Trump is not a dumb man. You don't <laughs> get to be in life where you are as a dumb person. So he knows what he's saying to Zelensky is being heard by 30 other people. Obviously, he was not doing anything that he thought in any way, shape or form was inappropriate. That's why he kept referring to it as it was a perfect phone call. And of course, then there was a release of a summary of the call, sort of a called a readout, semi transcript of the call, and it it held up fine. That did none of it mattered. None of that mattered. Now, now, Tom, you, you know the president, former President Trump, is in trouble uh, uh, in this law in this case down in Florida because of documents that he is arguing uh, he has a legitimate right to in the federal government. Uh, More specifically, the Biden administration is arguing he doesn't have a right to. Nobody had a right to disclose that phone call. In its own way, that was a classified phone call. It was a phone call meant to be kept secret. It was a phone call not meant for public consumption. And yet the people that, that, that leaked it, they're heroes. Nobody ever, I don't think, owned up to doing it. I, Alexander Vindman, was, didn't he? Wasn't he the one that fessed up? And he was well, celebrated. He, actually, he was celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether, I didn't know whether he had actually admitted that he was the source of it. But, uh, yeah, he was celebrated. Um, and, I, I mean, the... the you know, if the if the left and the media didn't have double standards, as the old saying goes, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- this is it's so obvious. It's so uh, overwhelming. But, Tom, again, w- uh, the impeachment, whatever happens with the impeachment, 
we shouldn't let that be the only message. I agree completely with you that that an even even a more pronounced impeachment uh, it, uh, ground is not the financial largesse that the Biden family has been able to accumulate uh, on government salaries. Uh, the, the, the most the, an even more impeachable impeachable offense is utilizing the law enforcement agencies totally. and national security agencies of the United States government that are meant to protect the entire American nation and the entire uh, American people and using them so overtly as a weapon against conservatives and and Republicans and uh, Christians and supporters of Israel, anybody that dare stand in the way. Uh, of the the transformation of America that is taking place right in front of our eyes, we have got to make the under the American people understand that, and we've got to bring people to account for it. Because if we don't, it's already happening. Out of fear, our base will shrink further and further. Who's going to risk even taking on your local school board? If you think if you think it could get you put on a list as a domestic terrorist to compress Gary Bauer's eloquent soliloquy into one sentence, Biden's corruption's bad. It's terrible, but it's nothing compared to the corruption of a deep state that's been weaponized, that's willing to suppress evidence, that's willing to prosecute whistleblowers, to completely desecrate the rule of law in order to keep a corrupt president in power. If all that happens as a result of this inquiry is President Biden resigns or is impeached and convicted... And nothing is done about the weaponization of our of our judicial system and our law enforcement agencies, then it will be for naught because the real danger lies there. Joe Biden's a goner, whether he uh, loses in 2024, whether he's impeached and convicted, which, of course, would never happen because Democrats. uh, What's the line about being caught? uh, in bed with a, a dead woman or a live boy, short of that, uh, Democrats would never abandon him uh, unless he. Well, I, mean, I think we might have to get rid of the the live boy part now. I mean, that would be. <laughs> You're right. Isn't there a letter? That's a, isn't that's there a, a credential in the right, alphabet, right. among the alphabet people. <laughs> That's a that's a credential. That's a credential now. I, I just think that, um, and I haven't heard much, and I'm sure we'll get there, but. Uh, the real risk we face, as bad as Joe Biden is, is this weaponized deep state that will uh, suppress any political opponent or ideological opponent. You know, there was a notion that we used to have in our formerly democratic country with a small d. And that is that people have a right to vote for the candidate of their choice. And to throw an addendum there, an Alan Dershowitz addendum, people also should have the right and do have the right to vote against the candidate of their choice. And these efforts to protect democracy by destroying democracy uh, 
The only way to protect democracy is to, is to deny the people's right to vote for the candidates of their choice is the ultimate hubris. And that campaign seems to be gaining momentum. And again, I ask, I have nothing particularly against uh, the very good looking senator from South Dakota. I just remember when John Thune was elected, how thrilled everybody was, how encouraged we were. This was going to be a new, aggressive, conservative, deeply religious leader. He's now with the functional leader of the Senate as Mitch McConnell either recovers or doesn't recover. I have not heard one word from John Thune. Not one word. Yeah, I mean, Tom, it's uh, I, I have forgotten what his voice sounds like. Isn't that interesting? I, I just can't recollect it. It's like a long dead relative, you know, like, wow, it's been so many years now. I don't remember what what my aunt Edith's voice sounded like. I, I mean, this guy had every attribute that you look for in the media age in a political figure, in addition to coming from a safe Republican state where he could take risks. His, his electorate is right wing. I mean, he had no worries whatsoever. And, and Tom, I look, I, I hate to say this. I'm going to have to be very careful. Um, That'll be a first. As you, as you know, I'm an evangelical Christian. So is he very, I, very I devout, take, I believe, isn't he? Very devout. Yes. Yeah. And I, I take the gospel seriously. I believe the Bible is the divine word of God, the inspired word of God. It's the reason uh, I'm pro-Israel, uh, because I believe the Jewish people, the Israeli people are a covenant people, that God made a, a pact with Abram in, in the desert. And it's pretty clear to me when I read it, and it's enough for me to uh, know which, which side in the, in the Middle East is, is the good guys. But there are, there, there, there are some Christians in politics that know how to engage in righteous indignation and fight. But there is a, there's a portion of my tribe that, that thinks um, we, we are supposed to be good losers, that we are uh, supposed to always keep our voice down. That uh, the first thing is whatever we do, we have to do it in love. That we have to do it in love. Well, would would that have been a good? Would would that? I, I would say to my fellow Christians that are that fit into this category and may be listening today, would would that have been good advice for the the greatest generation? Should should we have t- told uh, Stanley Spike Bauer as he? Uh, was on that ship heading to the South Pacific. Now, when you run into those Japanese soldiers, be sure that first and foremost, they, they see you loving them, that that's the message you want to give them. You, you know, I, I just taste, uh, I was just going over the events on 9-11 again. And, um, you know, that plane that came down in the, on the, in the field in Pennsylvania, uh, Tom, it, it, it had a guy on it named uh, by the name of Todd Beamer, and he was a devout Christian man. 
he was one of the people that uh, made phone calls home, but he couldn't get through to his family. His call was routed to an operator that worked for GTE at their headquarters in Chicago, and uh, her name was Lisa Jefferson, and the two of them talked on the phone for 13 minutes. And in that 13 minutes, the two of them said the Lord's Prayer. Uh, yay, and, and, then, and then after they said the Lord's Prayer, they said Psalm 23. You know, Lo, I walk through the valley of the death. Thy rod death. and staff will be with me. And then after making those prayers uh, to get courage, to ask for God's mercy, Todd Beamer was one of the, the leaders that led uh, 30 other Americans running down the aisle into the teeth of men armed with box cutters in order to gain control of the plane. Not to bust into the cockpit and say, I just wanted to come in and tell you I love you. No, they went down the aisle of the plane to break down the door to do whatever they had to do, including killing the hijackers in order to save our country more damage. Now, you know, Christ said, um, you know, if your enemy uh, slaps you in the cheek, turn the other cheek. Well, you know, some have have interpreted that as being a message of pacifism. I don't have time in our, in our, uh, our podcast, Tom, to explain why that is is uh, not theologically correct, but I'll just give a simple uh, a question here, a simple example. Uh, should, should Todd Beamer have stopped after the prayers? If you're standing, if you're a Christian standing on a street corner and, and there's um, a, a, a frail woman next to you, and this happens every day in almost every city in America. And a thug comes up and starts beating her, robbing her, perhaps even rapes, raping her. Does Jesus want you to turn to that person and say, uh, Jesus loves you and I love you. Uh, you can slap me on the cheek. <laughs> no, you are supposed to save that woman. Any any reading of the scripture that leads you someplace else is a distorted reading of the scriptures. We are living at a time where, in my view, Tom, evil people are attempting to completely transform America, to make a mockery of the idea that we were we are one nation under God. And we have got to be willing and able to do everything possible to stop them. And I say that to Christians as well as the other parts of our coalition, including the editorial board at the Wall Street Journal and the editors at National Review. You know, that's a magnificent segue. I'm uh, in Israel, as, as we may have mentioned over the past couple of broadcasts. Tomorrow night, it's Friday night, begins the Jewish New Year, the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. And it's not a holiday for uh, party hats and, and uh, noisemakers and firecrackers. It's the time when we begin a t Jews begin a 10 day period of introspection, 
Rosh Hashanah, the new year in Judaism, is the anniversary of God's creation of humanity. It invites us to live and feel our condition, the human condition, in very tangible ways. First and foremost, life has meaning. We are not mere accidents of matter. We're generated by a universe that was created by God, not a universe that came into being for no reason and will one day, for an equally no reason, cease to be. You and I are here. Our listeners are here because a loving God brought the universe and life and us into existence. A God who who knows our fears, who hears our prayers, who believes in us far more than we believe in ourselves, forgives us when we fail, lifts us when we fall, and gives us the strength to overcome despair that unfortunately in our world is an intimate part of life. This life is short. However much, you know, life expectancy may have risen over the last hundred years, we will not, even the greatest among us in one lifetime, be able to achieve everything we might wish to achieve. But our challenge, our obligation, our purpose is to do what we can to make a better world, which starts by making ourselves individually better, to become more humane, more compassionate, more just, more forgiving. It's a time of introspection, and you're absolutely right. Winston Churchill's famous line about turning the other cheek was that as a, as a believing Christian, he believed in turning the other cheek, but not all four of them. Yeah, yeah, well said, Tom, and it's 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 uh, suitable that we're getting to the end of our podcast here. This is a pretty good way to go out. Everything you said uh, is, is totally correct. I look, I I believe God's hand was in the creation of only two nations in the world. One is the nation of Israel because it says so right there in the Bible. And I'm enough of an American patriot. And I guess I'll say it, an American nationalist, that I believe this totally unpredictable and unexpected and un, uh, unreasonable blessing that America had at the very beginning of not one or two or three, but dozens of giants, uh, men that that any one of them w- would have been a blessing to the nation they were born in, but God chose to born them all here, to bring them into the world here, and they crafted a nation built on the God of the Bible. The Bible was the book that most Americans were most familiar with at the beginning of the, of, of the American Republic. So I believe God's hand was in America's creation. I believe God's hand was in uh, Israel's creation. And, and I believe that the forces at work today uh, intend to rip us out of that tradition. And if they ever succeed, at least in the case of America, we're done. We're finished. It's over. We will have condemned to our children and grandchildren to lesser lives, maybe in some cases unimaginable lives of horror, unless we find the courage 
to, to, to do more than sit around fretting that we're being too tough in the battle to save our country. Very well said. We are what we are because of those who came before us. Our lives aren't disconnected particles. We're each a letter in God's book of life. But single letters, um, though they are the uh, uh, vehicles of meaning, don't have any meaning when they stand alone. And those that are trying to separate and I'm going to destroy the metaphor here I'm, I'm working on, <laughs> separate uh, the letters from the words are doing a tremendous disservice. But, but uh, to all of our Jewish listeners, a very happy and sweet and meaningful and introspective uh, new year filled with uh, blessings and peace. And uh, to you, Bauer, um, see you later. Yep, and, and, my, uh, and my blessings to you, my friend. All the best. God bless. Have a great week.